everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's show, we've got the final episode of the Ikoria set review. We're going to be going over all the colorless artifact and land cards of Ikoria. But before we do so, let's get some announcements out of the way. Uh, <clears throat> you can support this show by checking out the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at magicwithzuby and on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And... Here are two quick little ads for the show, and we will get on with the colorless artifact and land cards of Ikoria. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on magic singles and magic sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic for Normie show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for Normies. Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing Magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Do-do-do-do-do. Magic for normies. So as I've said before with other episodes, uh, these set reviews are always going to be more geared towards limited, but we also will talk about standard and commander should it be warranted for that card. So this episode is going to be very short, I will say, because looking over the colorless artifact and land cards, there's really not a whole lot to talk about at all. There's very few cards to really discuss here, so... Let's just get on with it, and we'll make this a short episode and a nice <clears throat> fitting end to the last set review for Ikoria here. So first up, we're going to be going over the colorless cards, and the first card is Adaptive Shimmerer for 5 mana. It's an insect creature. It's a 0-0, zero, zero, but it has flash. This enters the battlefield with 3-1-1 one, one counters on it. So it has flash. It's a 3-3 it's a three, three for 5 with flash. Not the greatest card. I mean, this would be more of a mid to late pick more than anything. You know, maybe you got that uh, that uncounterable flash creature from the multicolored set review. I forget the name of it already. And, you know, this would be a good addition to your deck with this. The, the good thing about this card is even if this ends up being like your stick card or anything in draft, you know, you can still play this in any deck because since it's colorless. 
Next up, we've got Farfinder for three mana. It's a fox creature. It's a 1-1 with Vigilance. When this enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So this is perfect for mana fixing here. This is sort of like a, a almost like a, a rampant growth or well not a rampant growth like a rampant growth or cultivate on a stick here yeah it doesn't come out on the battlefield but you get to <clears throat> get it into your hand and get that mana fixing should you need it um this kind of card would definitely be more of a mid pick more than anything you know if you're going hard into three colors which is not hard to do in this set at all but this is just to really help you for your mana fixing for anything and plus it could be a decent mutate car target as well too if you have nothing else to do with it and our last colorless card is mysterious egg for one mana it's an egg creature it's a zero two whenever this creature mutates put a one one counter on it so this is a perfect mutate target here so it's not a zero two defender or anything like that it's just whenever you mutate it you just pump it up and for any kind of mutate deck in, or, um, in draft, this is perfect. This is a perfect mutate fodder card. And if I know that I have some good mutate cards, this is I'm going to be picking this to pump it up. So next up, we're going to be going over the artifact cards here. Uh, we are going to, you probably will hear me skip some of them because there's a cycle of cards here that I'm just, that I'll discuss towards the end here. So our first artifact card is Crystalline Giant, the sort of the crystalline entity from Star Trek. Uh, it is three mana. It's a giant artifact creature. It's a three, three at the beginning of combat on your turn, choose a kind of counter at random that crystalline giant doesn't have on it from among flying first strike, death touch, hexproof, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, vigilance, and a one, one counter, put a counter of that kind on crystalline giant. So you get to choose a kind of counter at random. So that's how many counters actually that's one, two, three, four, five, six seven eight nine ten so you can roll like a d10 and choose one and put it on to the crystalline giant um pack one pick one heck yes because this creature can get out of control and make it pretty tough to deal with if you can't kill it right away all right next up we've got the ozolith for one mana, it's a legendary artifact, or whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, put those counters on the Ozolith. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if the Ozolith has counters on it, you may move all counters from the Ozolith onto target creature. So, a one mana artifact that basically allows you to move counters should a creature of counters die, it's not too bad. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't say that's pack one, pick one material, but it's, this to me is definitely screams more constructed material more than anything commander or or standard anything like that in draft this would be kind of hard to even pull off i mean yeah the good thing is even if you were to play this in draft you play it on turn one you know it's not the worst turn one that you could do right it doesn't really establish any board presence or anything like that but at least it's there in case you do end up playing creatures that have plenty of counters on them and you can move said counter should that creature die onto something else. Next up, we've got Sleeper Dart for two mana. It's an artifact. When this enters the battlefield, draw a card, so that's good. And you can tap this to sack it and target creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So you get to essentially, it's not as good as Capture Sphere, but you can sort of, you know, tap a target creature should they go and tap tap and attack 
and they don't get to untap so not the worst thing in the world um definitely not the best but the draw card effect is very good and i wouldn't mind drafting something like this in my deck as well next up we've got spring jaw trap for one mana it's an artifact with flash you can pay four and tap this and sack this it deals three damage to any target so you could even target your opponent's face as well with it too so this could be a nice little ending card for your draft deck but definitely something i uh, i mean you basically have to pay five mana for this to even have any sort of effect but at least it has flash with it which is decent enough but uh i mean yeah I, i'd probably this wouldn't be high on my priority list at all either all right so like i mentioned earlier i did skip around some artifacts here because it's a cycle here and i'll be doing the same thing with the lands as well so they are indatha crystal Ketria Crystal, Rogan Crystal, Savai Crystal, and Zagoth Crystal. So these are the mana rocks. These are to help your mana fixing. Um, these are all the Triland uh, mana rocks, essentially. You have your Abzan, Teemer, Jeskai, Mardu, and Saltai mana rocks to help you with your mana fixing, especially in these draft environments where three colors is possible and you're going to need some sort of mana fixing if possible. So uh, always kind of pick these cards if you know you're going to need that mana fixing. The also benefit of all these crystal artifact cards is they also have cycling, a cycling cost of two to where you can, if this is dead in your hand and you need to draw a card, boom, you discard it, draw that card. So that's also another added benefit of that. So those are all the artifacts for Ikoria. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of artifacts in this set either. There's really only three, six, there's nine artifacts altogether where five of them are being taken up by the wedge mana rock colors. Next up, we're going to be going over the lands here. Um, I'm first, I'm actually really only going to be talking about one land the most here and that's bonders enclave it is a rare land you can tap this to add one generic mana and you can pay three to tap this and draw a card to activate this ability only if you control a creature of power four or greater um not a pack one pick one at all but this is something that's really handy in something like commander because it's very easy to have creatures that you control with power four or greater and this can just help you draw a card it's sort of like that um that arch of orzica from ixalan but you need the you need the um the ascended the city ascending um crap what i forget what it's called but um with this you know it, it but plus arch of orzica costs a little bit more i think costs five mana and then you need the city's blessing city's blessing that's what it was and uh, but this is cheaper but you do need a creature of power four greater which isn't hard to do in commander so you know kind of pick and choose what you want at least the city's blessing is permanent once you get it so that is the only rare land even worth really discussing that in that much detail with it the other lands i will briefly mention we do have the 10 dual color lands from that were originally printed in Konzatark here the Bloodfell caves blossoming sands dismal backwater uh, where the uh, Jungle Hollow, Rugged Highlands, Scored Barrens, Swiftwater Cliffs, Thornwood Falls, Tranquil Cove, and Windscarred Crag. These are all the gain, the tri, the tri, or not the trilands, the, the dual lands that gain you one life when they come in. They come in tapped and you gain one life. So these make a return. The, these, I 
pretty sure these originally came out in Kanzatark here. And just like before with uh, Kanzatark here and, and the previous wedge set, is that these are just going to help you with your mana fixing. Now, these aren't going to be high priority cards, but if you know what kind of colors you're going into early to mid through your booster packs, um, you're going to want to start picking up one or two of these to help you with your mana fixing for sure. Uh, we also do have Evolving Wilds. I love the art of this Evolving Wilds. Um, everyone knows what Evolving Wilds is. You know, just again, if you manage to pick up one of these in draft, you know, this is just for mana fixing more than anything. Uh, the last thing to really discuss with lands here is the the Tri-Lands, the Fetchable Tri-Lands. Um, they have the same kind of names as the artifacts do, the Indotha Triome. Ketria Triome, Rogan Triome, Savai Triome, and Zagoth Triome. So just like before, they are wedge themed. So you have your Saltai, uh, Abzan, Teemer, Jeskai, and Mardu lands. These are the first time we have ever seen fetchable Tri-Lands. So what makes these special compared to the other Tri-Lands we saw in Kanza Tarkir? Well, the main difference with these is not only are these fetchable with uh, fetch lands, um, they are also have a cycling ability as well too. So they all enter tapped regardless. There is no way to get these to come in untapped unless you have something like an Amulet of Vigor. Um, so it's not like the dual lands from Battle for Zendikar where you need to have two or more basic lands for them to come in untapped. So that's good because then the, that would be way too powerful and these would be way better than dual lands from Alpha Beta. But the other good thing about these cards is they also have a cycling. They all have a cycling cost of three, which is super handy if you manage to draw one of these late game and this is just not going to help you out at all. And you just discard it, draw a card, and hopefully draw something better. Now, these are going to be EDH staples for, you know, the rest of time immemorial. Um, and these are always going to be super handy to have, and you're never not going to want these in an EDH deck. I mean, especially with them being fetchable, yeah, you're going to be down a turn, but for us more casual players, it's not the worst thing in the world where fetching these and they always come in tapped you know at least it's for that mana fixing so as far as draft goes i mean they're not really pack one pick ones but i can guarantee i probably would pick them pack one pick one because i'd want them for my own personal collection to be honest and put them in you know edh decks and all that so uh i mean what can you say so I mean, they, they are interesting. I'm just wondering how long it'll be until we get the the um, shards tri-lands of these. I wonder if we're going to be making a return to Alara at all. Maybe we'll get the shard version, versions of these because I'd love to have a Grixis triome card like that. So there you have it. Uh, those are the lands for Ikoria. There's really not much else to talk about with lands there. Uh, yeah, because the rest are just the basic lands. So uh, there you have it. Those are all the lands, artifacts, and colorless. And we just finished the entire set review for Ikoria. 
Um, let me know what you all thought. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you not even listen? Well, if you didn't listen, then how are you listening to this right now? And if you can answer my question. Um, so thanks. I enjoy doing these. Uh, these are a lot easier to do since I'm not doing the video of them anymore because that's just way too stressful and I don't have time to do it along with everything else I'm doing right now. So thank you all for listening slash watching slash however you're digesting this. I appreciate you all and have a great night.